Hi everyone, Kathy Balding here and welcome to Quality Class where we make quality make sense. And in this two-part quality class series, I'm going to take a look at some simple things you can do to accelerate your progress towards great care over the next 12 months because it's incredibly easy for a whole year to go by and despite your hard work and your commitment, you can end up doing more or less the same things, the same reporting, the same auditing, the same difficulties and challenges with engaging staff. So what could we do that's relatively simple, but that could make a big difference to the progress you make over the next 12 months? So in a year's time, you could say to me, look at the measurable and demonstrable progress I've made, Kathy, in my organisation or my service towards great care for every consumer. And of course, that's what we should be all about. So this first part of the two-part series is about one shift that you could make to really accelerate your progress and move beyond the bonds of compliance. Now, this isn't about ditching compliance. It's about building on compliance, of course. In, uh, compliance with standards is extremely important to keep our consumers safe and to provide the basis of good care. But standards alone are not quite enough. You have to draw your own line in the sand about where you want to go and how you're going to get there. So let's talk about one shift you could make that would make a big difference to the progress you can make over the next 12 months with the quality of care that you provide and also the quality leadership that you can show in your organisation. Let's take a look. Okay, the number one thing from my perspective, you can shift to make your quality and compliance system achieve much better results for consumers and staff is focus. Now you might say, well, Kathy, what on earth are you talking about? But I see a lot of focus on complying, complying with funding requirements, complying with standards, complying with legislation, all incredibly important. So I'm not saying throw that away. What I'm saying is we need to build on that and keep our focus on something that's much more about our core business and what we do every day, because really compliance should be a means to an end. So what do I mean by that? Firstly, we have to accept that no one, but no one that I've ever known anyway, ever bounced out of bed excited to go to work to comply with policies and procedures. Now, you may be thinking that you rather like it, and I guess I've probably had a fair bit of uh, policy and procedure compliance over the years, and so I must have liked it to a certain extent because I've been at this a very long time. But when I'm talking about managers and staff, there would be very, very few, they would be rare creatures that would be excited every morning to go to work to comply with standards. People who work in health and human services go to work to work with people and to do the very best they can to improve people's lives. But we're not tapping into that. If our focus is on complying with policies and procedures, that's what people will see as you thinking is important, which means you might not seem to think that they're very important. That's never going to get managers and staff in the right mindset to create great care and to be excited and enthusiastic about doing it. What tends to happen in my experience is that here's your quality system and there's your quality control uh, there at the bottom of the triangle and it's a very strong base on which to build so it's an important part of the triangle. You know, you're monitoring your, your standards, your policies and your improvement often is about closing the gaps you find in your maintenance through your monitoring. If your improvement is only about closing gaps in compliance, 
you will never ever get to great care for every person every time. It's impossible because you're not even on that road. If maintaining and improving uh, ends in themselves, that's where you will stay and you won't progress because it ends up being a bit of a whirlpool that you get trapped in. And I know a lot of people who work in, uh, in health and human services, particularly in quality leadership roles and on executives, they know they're trapped in this cycle, but they don't know how to break out. They know that their quality and governance system isn't deliberately designed to move their service from where they are to where they want to go. They know they're probably not going very far. They know their care isn't getting better commensurate with the amount of effort that's going in to trying to make it better through maintenance and improvement. You need to use your maintenance and improvement not as ends in themselves, but as a means to an end. And that is striving to create high quality care, great care for every person, every time. Now, if you can get your staff excited about that, that's when you're going to get accelerated progress towards great experiences for your consumers at point of care. So at your next team or committee meeting where you talk about quality, you could make a shift just by asking some different questions. So instead of asking, or in addition to asking, what progress are we making with compliance, which is generally the basis of, uh, of quality committee meetings in my experience anyway, why not ask, how good is the quality of our care today? And how do we know? What do we know about the experiences consumers are having under our roof right now, or under their roofs, if we're providing home care service, but with our staff? How good do we want it to be this time next year? What are we doing right now to make what we want next year a reality? What do we need to do next, next week, next month to make that a reality? Because quality should be a dynamic thing. We, it should be moving all the time because in the complexity of health and human services, you have to keep moving or you start going backwards. So these questions shouldn't be answered by, oh, well, we think it's pretty good. Oh, no, it's excellent. Oh, everyone says it's great. That's just not good enough these days. These days, we have to be much more specific and precise about exactly how good we are, where our gaps are, exactly what we'd like to be providing for our consumers at point of care and service delivery, and where we are in relation to that. And that's a much more interesting and robust discussion. If you can get people to start to engage with that honestly, then what progress are we making with compliance? As an added bonus, you could ask, what is the specific contribution of this committee and this meeting, in fact, to answering these questions? Because quality meetings can be a little tedious, may I say, a little perhaps focused on monitoring and monitoring and monitoring and not enough on action. And this doesn't get you where you need to go. Your quality committee should be extremely purposeful because they are key drivers of progress towards high quality care. So if they're not firing to do that, it's unlikely that your line management will be firing any better than your committees. So shifting the focus means that if you're focusing on the wrong things, you'll never get to the right things. So what do I mean by that? Well, if we have a look over here, these are the core components of a quality system. 
And yours mightn't look anything like this, but you'll have something like a set of governance systems, your policies, standards, data reporting, committees. You'll have your people providing the care that you are constantly asking to comply with standards, to audit, to attend training. Uh, it's all of the rostering and the, the staff mix and all the things we do every day to create and provide care. And right at point of care, you'll have a whole bunch of plans and protocols and tasks and documents and routines. Now, if that's your quality system, although all of those things are extremely important, and there's obviously a whole lot more, they're, they're just some really key components that I've picked out, you will not ever get to high quality care, even with the best will in the world and as hard as you want to work, you will not get consistently high quality care. Because those things are not the sort of focus we need from our staff. If you're saying to your staff, please, please just focus on all of these things, complying and auditing and complying with policies and making sure you're collecting the data and going to committee meetings and, and uh, filling in your documentation. If that's what you're asking your staff to do in the name of quality, what you will get is doing quality. You will get staff doing quality and that's when people say, I do quality on Tuesdays. Well, that's not a good sign if people are saying that. That means that they see quality as doing tasks and they will never ever get excited enough, motivated or stimulated by that to have that lead to them wanting to come to work every day to create great care with consumers because they're just not making that connection. What we need is for the focus of your quality system to be on the people that your staff come to work every day to serve, whose lives they want to change because this gives staff meaning and purpose and meaning and purpose are incredibly strong drivers of staff satisfaction and if staff are more satisfied in their jobs, they will do a better job and they will provide better care. So what we need is to say, we would love you to really focus strongly on providing the best care we possibly can. And we're going to help you to do that with our quality system. We want you to create quality care and services at point of care, not do quality in paperwork, but create quality care and services. That's going to be our focus. And we're going to use all of the things we do in the name of quality, all of those governance systems, the people systems, the point of care systems to support you to provide the very best care you can at point of care. Now, you might be thinking, well, Kathy, isn't this what we already do? Well, perhaps it is. But in my experience, unless you make this incredibly specific, most people don't really get it. They don't make the connection between all of these things you're asking them to do and calling it quality and what they come to work to do every day. And that technically these things are meant to help them to do, to do this. But often what they're seeing is some days I need to be pointed in that direction. And then when I'm finished with that, I can go back and point myself in the direction that I actually come to work for. This is clearly not sustainable because we're not getting that feeling, that compassion, that motivation, that meaning that we need for staff to come to work and absolutely want to create that high quality care. So we must shift that focus. And you can shift that focus by having the conversations in, in your committee meetings that we just talked about, by having corridor conversations, 
by looking at your quality plan and saying, is this really explicit about what we're trying to achieve at point of care by doing all this work? Or are we doing a bunch of activities and assuming that as a result, we'll get consistently high quality care? Well, assuming just doesn't work. Now you can do it. Doesn't matter where you sit in the organization, whether you're a team leader or the board chair or the CEO or a middle manager or a leader in some capacity, you have the capacity to change the focus of what's happening in terms of where your staff are looking when they think of quality. Are they looking at paperwork or are they looking at people? So you can change it with your own team. You can change it with your organization. You just have to start making it very explicit that why we're doing all this stuff that we call quality is only as good as it helps us create and provide consistently high quality care. So you can start sending those messages and then you can start looking at those systems and saying, are they actually making a difference? Are they working to support those staff to come to work to provide high quality care? Or are we just doing a whole bunch of stuff that's not very effective? Once you start thinking like that, you will never look back because you'll have shifted your mindset about what you're trying to achieve with your quality system. I hope this helps you to see the power of shifting your focus and your mindset to progress you along the road towards great care for your consumers and commit to making one shift, even if it's just the discussions you have at your committee meetings about how you think about what you're trying to achieve and where you want to go. In part two of this two-part quality class series, I'll be talking about results in a slightly deeper way. I'll be looking at the 10 key results your quality system should be achieving for you if it's well-constructed and well-implemented. And that is going to help you not only understand the potential of your quality system, perhaps beyond where it is now, but to share that and develop that shared understanding with other people in your organisation, which is often a very challenging thing for quality leaders. Along with that, I'm going to provide you my one-page quality system assessment tool, which you can use to score yourself against those 10 key result areas to see where your quality system is at and where it could take you. And once again, that's going to help you with influencing those decision makers that you really need to be on the same page with you if you're going to get that organisational alignment around great care and great services for every person every time. So I look forward to you joining me when we discuss the 10 quality system results you should be getting out of your quality system. Until then, get on over to Kathy Balding and avail yourself of the free tools and resources, my No Harm Done podcast, my quality news bulletin, and of course, my books and many other tools that you might find useful. And until then, get out there every single day and create great care with your consumers. Bye for now.